What's up everybody, my name is Andrew and welcome back to the Bundesliga. I know I've been gone a while, took a bit of a vacation this summer here after the end of the Bundesliga, but that did not mean that the soccer action stopped. So we have some uh, German action to catch up on and I am really glad to be back. So with that said, let's get started. Today in episode 39, we are going to be talking about some Champions League action, some Europa League action, a little bit of transfer rumors and confirmed, and then we will just have some miscellaneous news to take us out. So I am super excited about this. Most of you guys already know what happened, but as a Bayern Munich fan, I am going to get into excruciating detail on it. So let's get started. So when we left off in July, there were a few remaining German teams left in the Bundesliga. Namely, there were three. There were Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund, and RB Leipzig. So, since that time, we had Bayern play the second leg against Chelsea, and then the other teams, I believe, they only had single elimination legs. I may be wrong on that. But Dortmund loses to PSG. Actually, that was there was a second leg in that game. So Dortmund lost to PSG over two legs. They were eliminated. However, Bayern and RB Leipzig both advance against Chelsea and Tottenham respectively. So the German teams are doing a number on the teams out of the UK and London specifically. So always love to see that as a Bundesliga fan. So in the next round, it got pretty exciting as well. It was single elimination and we had RB Leipzig defeat Atletico Madrid with a great goal from New York Red Bull's own Tyler Adams. I was super proud of him to get that goal for RB Leipzig and have them advance on to the next stage. Interesting fact from that was that Angelino, who used to be an ex-New York City FC player, assisted the goal for Tyler Adams, who's a Red Bull New York player, which is the Hudson River Derby match in the MLS. But on this day, they were on the same team, same side, and the former NYCFC player assisted the former RBNY player to get a goal. So that was kind of cool. Shout out to Tyler Adams. Then, next match, we have Bayern versus Barcelona. Now here, Bayern just really put on a clinic, put on a master class. And Bayern Munich defeated Barcelona with a score of 8-2. to two. So that is just, wow, that is unheard of. A few years back when Bayern lost to PSG in the Champions League 3-0, that's what led to us firing our coach and you know a whole drama saga with Bayern Munich and I feel like this is going to really have to start a new era for Barcelona. So since this match the coach of Barcelona fired. Messi has already said he wants out. Half the team have been told to leave by the new coach Ronald Koeman. So we've already had confirmed transfers of Ivan Rakitic to Sevilla, Luis Suarez to Juventus, I know there's other players that have been told that they should look for new clubs, such as Arturo Vidal. So there's just a mass exodus of players from Barcelona, and this team is going to look very, very different in the next few years if the coach has his way. Now, I know this has changed since I wrote my notes literally only a few hours ago, but in what can only be described as 64D underwater chess, Bayern Munich defeating Barcelona led to... Lionel Messi potentially getting a transfer to City Football Group on a five-year deal. Three of those five years would be in Manchester City, and then two of those five years at the end would be in NYCFC in the MLS. So in a way, my team, Bayern Munich, beating Barcelona is fucking my other team, the New York Red Bull, in three years' time by having Messi come to NYCFC. Now, that was all 
fun and games until Messi said that he's actually staying at Barcelona. This is literally the same day as I'm recording that news came out, that Messi decided to stay because the only way for him to get his transfer would be to take Barcelona to court, and he does not want to do that. He loves Barcelona, he loves the city, he loves the club, and that's not something that he wants to put himself, his family, and the club through. He doesn't want to have to go to court to get what he wants. So that all was just dropped today. So Messi is actually staying in Barcelona. But all that aside, Bayern advanced in that match. So next up, we have a rematch of World War II. We have French teams versus German teams in both of the semi-final matches. So here we have PSG beating RB Leipzig to advance and Bayern Munich defeating Lyon to advance to the finals. Now, I think the interesting part about RB Leipzig specifically is that Timo Werner was not part of the squad. He had already gotten his transfer to Chelsea and decided he's not going to finish out the season with RB Leipzig, which I think was a wrong move, but I think it would have been interesting if RB Leipzig had gotten to the final or had you know gotten pretty close to it, which they did really. And if, you know, maybe they had won it, then how bad would Timo Werner feel not being part of that team that gets to raise the trophy? That would have been just a hilarious story. However, that did not materialize. Then in the other match that round, Bayern played Lyon, which at the time was the giant killer. They had beaten Juventus. They had beaten Man City. So they were beating some big, big name teams with star players like Ronaldo and Aguero and Pep Guardiola as a coach. So they were beating some big names and kind of punching above their weight. And... Thankfully, Bayern Munich was able to bring them back down to reality with a 3-0 victory, I believe, to get themselves a spot in the final against PSG. Now, when it came to the final, Bayern Munich beat PSG 1-0 with a 59th-minute header from Kingsley Coman. So that was the final score. Bayern wins the Champions League. Bayern gets the treble for the second time in seven years. So... We got the treble in 2013, winning the Bundesliga, the Pokal, and the Champions League. And now in 2020, this team of Bayern Munich was able to get another treble. So shout out to Bayern Munich, to the whole team, the coach, the players, all of them. Super proud of my team. Super proud of Kingsley Coman specifically because he's been an up-and-down player. He was very popular in the beginning when he came to the team and played pretty well. Had a couple bad injuries where he was out for most of two seasons. Even when he came back, he was not the preferred striker, or, or sorry, not the preferred winger between Nabri and, you know, Ivan Perisic and, and other players that were being played. So that was really tough for him to find a spot in the team. And honestly, a lot of his performances led to fans criticizing him and, you know, wanting him to get sold and traded and all that kind of stuff. But I, for the longest time, was in fervent supporter of his. I loved what he did in that game against Juventus a few years back in the Champions League. And I just really did see some potential in him and I wanted him to stay. But as the games and the seasons advanced, I kind of started seeing what everyone's saying that, you know, maybe he's not up to Bayern quality. Maybe he's not the best, you know, maybe it's time for him to move on. And I was starting to be like, yeah, you know, maybe you're right. But, you know, I still kind of like this guy. In this game, I think he solidified himself as being worthy of Bayern scoring the game-winning goal. So congrats to Kingsley Coman and congrats to the whole team. Now, I just want to take a second to talk about Robert Lewandowski, the, the diamond, the, the star jewel of Bayern Munich. Robert Lewandowski not only won the treble this year, he was the highest scorer in the Bundesliga with 34 goals. 
He was the highest scorer in the DFL Pokal with six goals. And then he was the highest scorer in the Champions League with 15 goals. On top of that, he was tied for the highest amounts of assists in the Champions League with six. The other man was Angel Di Maria. So Robert Lewandowski is unequivocally the king of Europe this year. Not Messi, not Ronaldo, not Virgil van Dijk. It's unequivocally Robert Lewandowski. Also happens to be during a pandemic year when the French magazine canceled the Ballon d'Or ceremony, but he would without a doubt win that prize as well if they ever decide to bring it back. But this was Robert Lewandowski's year, absolutely on fire. That man is doing great things this year. I'm so happy to have him on my team. All right, so that's it for the Champions League. Next, moving on to German team's performances in the Europa League. So here, the performances were not as good as some of the Champions League teams. In the round of 16, we still had Bayer Leverkusen, we had Wolfsburg, and we had Eintracht Frankfurt. However, out of the round of 16, the only team to advance was Kai Havertz and his Leverkusen team. However, in the next match, they played against Inter Milan, and they lost 2-1 to the eventual finalist Inter Milan. So that is where their journey ended, and that's where the German teams in the Europa League journeys ended in that match. However, as a consolation, Jonathan Ta and Kai Havertz both made it to the Europa League team of the season. One is a defender and one is a midfielder. So congrats to the two of them on that as a consolation prize. Hopefully next year we have some stronger German teams and they can get further in the Europa League as well. All right, now in what is everyone's favorite thing to talk about during the offseason of soccer, we have transfers and transfer rumors. So some of these were kind of confirmed before I took my break. Some of them have materialized since then and some of them have fallen apart. So let's, let's get into a couple of these. I think the one that we already knew that was already confirmed back in July was Timo Werner to Chelsea. That's confirmed, that's done. Timo Werner is a Chelsea player. But what I think surprised everyone and kind of shocked someone since July is that Kai Havertz has been sniped and picked up and bought by Chelsea. So these two powerhouse German players are both going to be playing together at Chelsea next season. I remember there were rumors that Kai Havertz wanted to sign with Bayern and was going to sign with Bayern. That never materialized and Kai Havertz ended up securing a transfer to Chelsea. So Chelsea is being very active in this transfer market, which is kind of odd after they had their FFP ban and all that kind of stuff and still dropping big money. But they picked up Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, and they picked up Zayic from Ajax. So next year, that Chelsea team is going to be a force to be reckoned with for sure. Now, in what's one of the more hilarious falling apart of a transfer, that is Jaden Sancho going to Manchester United. Just the episode before last, in episode 36, I believe, I had from the bench warmers Diego, who's a Man U fan, and we discussed this Jaden Sancho transfer, him going over to Manchester, how he felt about that, all that kind of stuff. Since that time, that transfer has completely fallen apart. I think it's that Dorman's unwilling to move on the price, Man U's unwilling to pay it, whatever the deal is. As of right now, Jaden Sancho is not going over to Manchester United which everyone thought was pretty much a sure deal, a done deal. But here we are in early September, and that is not yet the case. So I'll have to bring on another Man U fan, and we'll talk about it and see what the deal is with that whole transfer saga with Jaden Sancho. However, as a Bundesliga fan, I 
said it time and time again. I like it when Dortmund is able to hold on to their players. I think that's important for them to competitively compete, to compete in the Bundesliga. They need to hold on to some of the star players, and those star players need to decide that they want to make careers in Germany. So maybe they've convinced Sancho to do that. Maybe it's too early to tell. But for me, for now, I'm pretty happy that Sancho is staying here. So next up, a transfer that kind of surprised me a little bit was Weston McKinney, the young American who plays for Schalke, got a transfer over to Juventus. So Juventus is looking stacked, stacked, stacked right now. They have, obviously, Ronaldo. Now they have Weston McKinney. They just picked up Luis Suarez from Barcelona. They have just an amazing core of players with the coach Andrea Pirlo now. That's a team that is honestly the easiest thing to compare to Bayern Munich and that Bayern Munich's won eight titles in a row in the Bundesliga. Juventus has won nine. So they're one of those teams that are just winners every year. And picking up Weston McKinney is definitely great for the American player. Uh, I hate him leaving Germany, but you know what? That's definitely a great career step for Weston McKinney. Now, the next few transfers are kind of ones that surprise me a little bit. And that is Daniel Caligiri from Schalke going over to Augsburg, which is... Really surprising because Caligiri has been like a core team player for Schalke for years. And I also tend to see Schalke as a more of a upper card, mid card team than Augsburg. So for me, this is kind of almost like a step down for Caligiri. Then again, Schalke has not been having the best season as of the last couple of years. They were borderline relegation two years ago. But last year, they seemed to kind of bounce back up a little bit to where I think they should be. So I, I still think this is a bit of a step down for Caligiri. But hey... Augsburg was able to snipe him up, and maybe he'll be able to help that team play better. The other one that's kind of surprising to me, and a bit unfortunate also, is Kevin Volland is leaving Bayer Leverkusen to AS Monaco in France. So in one offseason, we have Leverkusen losing Kai Havertz and losing Kevin Volland, which are two of the more attacking players on that team, offensive players on that team. So those are two huge blows to Leverkusen, a team that last season got into the Pokal final against Bayern Munich and put in two goals against Bayern, still wasn't able to win it, but these two players leaving the team are definitely going to hurt them next season. I'm curious to see what they do to fill those voids and those gaps, but Kai Havertz and Voland leaving the same season is kind of like a couple years ago at Eintracht Frankfurt when they lost Sebastian Allaire, when they lost Luka Jovic and Ante Rebic all in one swoop. They did not play that well the next season. So this might be a repeat situation, but this time with Bayer Leverkusen. Another transfer I may have mentioned before, Leroy Sané is confirmed going over to Bayern. That is set in stone. While we're at Bayern, there's a couple smaller transfers I want to mention, and that is, I believe, Supreet Singh from our academy is going over to Nuremberg. So that is a youth player going, getting loaned out, getting a full season of hopefully first team action under his belt instead of playing in the second tier. I do believe we also loaned out Christian Fructal, who's our academy goaltender. I don't necessarily remember the team. It might also be Nuremberg with Supreet Singh, but I'm not sure, so don't quote me on that one. But yeah, we're definitely loaning out some of the youth players to go get experience in some first tier, second tier Bundesliga teams. Next up, we have Emir Chan. He came over from Juventus to Dortmund in January as a loan until the end of the season, and I believe that loan was made permanent. So Emir Chan is now staying at Dortmund. Great addition to that team. Next up, we also have 
Ibisevic going from Schalke to Hertha. So Hertha seems to be loading up on some players here and trying to get a good run going next year. I mentioned before they have some young players on the team. So hopefully with these more experienced additions, Hertha can perform pretty well next season. So another transfer that kind of confused me a little bit was Max Kruse. The former Werder Bremen man went over to Turkey last year to Fenerbahce, played one season there, and now he's coming back to the Bundesliga, but not to Werder Bremen. He's coming back to Union Berlin, the recently promoted team. So that's pretty interesting. It's definitely a great signing for Berlin if they need some offensive powerhouses. This is a great German player to bring back into the Bundesliga. And I'm kind of surprised that Union was able to sign a player of that caliber, but obviously happy for them because I love their play style and I hope that they can do well. So Max Kruse from Fenerbahce over to Union Berlin. Two more quick ones I want to mention. We have Angelino leaving RB Leipzig. His loan deal is over, going back to Manchester City. So that's going to hurt RB Leipzig a bit for sure. They're losing Timo Werner and losing Angelino in the same transfer window. So that's that's a tough one. Lastly, I'm just mentioning this for my buddy Matt because I know he's a Man U fan and he's listening right now. Tatith Chong or Tahith Chong from Manchester United is going on a loan deal to Bremen. So we do have that deal, Man U player going over to the Bundesliga. So my main takeaway from this is that Schalke seems to be getting raided and losing lots of players. They lost Weston McKinney, they lost Kalajiri, and then uh, in the prior season, they lost Alexander Nubel, who was signed by Bayern to be their backup keeper. So Schalke seems to be getting raided. It's going to be interesting to see how they perform next season, along with a team like Leverkusen that seems to have a lot of players being bought out as well. So those are my two takeaways, two teams to keep an eye on who they bring in because they've already sold a bunch of their talented players. So lastly, we have a few cool stories I want to share with you guys before we wrap things up. So one of the funniest stories I see coming out of Germany was actually right around when Messi announced that he wanted to leave Barcelona. Stuttgart fans created a crowdfunding attempt to get his 900 million or 800 something million euro release clause they were trying to crowdfund that money to bring Messi over to Stuttgart. Obviously, that was never going to happen, but I think it's funny and hilarious that plenty of teams were shooting their shot and trying to get Messi over there, and Stuttgart fans took it one step above and were trying to crowdsource, you know, 800, 700, 900 million euros to get Messi over to Stuttgart. So that was kind of funny to me. Now, I know I already mentioned this in a previous episode, but I just want to end on this because I think it's a good point to end on before we start up the next season. And that is Claudio Pizarro retired from the Bundesliga, retired from professional football at age 41. He spent most of his time in Germany playing between Bayern Munich and Werder Bremen with a short spell over at Chelsea and I believe another Bundesliga team, maybe Cologne or something. In his 872 games throughout his career, he scored 337 goals. So that is obviously just top-notch player right there. He's won 17 trophies, 16 with Bayern, one with Bremen. That includes everything, Champions League. It includes the Pokal. It includes winning the Bundesliga. So he's won everything that you could really want to win in your career. So shout-out to Claudio Pizarro. And 
super happy to have him have played for my team and just in the Bundesliga in general. So, Claudio Pizarro, congratulations on your retirement legend. So, with all of that being said, I just want to let you guys know that everything I've talked about is going to be in the show notes for this episode. You'll see highlights of Bayern Munich versus Barcelona. You'll see highlights of Tyler Adams, because I want to put that in there. You'll see the article about the Stuttgart fans trying to raise money. I'll put all kinds of things in the show notes. Definitely check it out, because you don't want to miss it. Lots of really cool stories and videos in this episode, for sure. So, with all that being said, my name is Andrew, and I'll see you guys next time. <laughs>